Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ruby Rokes. I am John Epperson, and today we have a uh, we have a guest with us, Kinsey Durham Grace. Welcome, Kinsey. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, and on our panel, uh, we have Valentino Stoll. Hey now. Awesome. I'm frequently surprised at how many companies are running their apps in production without any way of knowing when things go wrong or who are running them in production and not really having a way of knowing where things are slowing down. That's why I recommend that people use a service like AppSignal. AppSignal plugs into your application seamlessly, whether you're using Rails or Phoenix or something else, and provides you a way of knowing when things go wrong, when things are going slow, and what other problems your application may be facing so that you can fix them and provide a seamless user experience for those who are using your app. So whether you're starting a new app or working on an existing app, you should check out AppSignal and see how it can work for you. Go to AppSignal.com. That's A-P-P-S-I-G-N-A-L.com. Now, Kinsey, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell everybody why you're famous, all the things. Uh, definitely not famous. Uh, but yeah, a little bit about me. I'm based in Denver, Colorado. So do a lot of the outdoorsy things out here. Um, I work for GitHub as on their, on, as an engineer on their deploys team. So that's super fun. Love doing that and working there and on the team and the work that I do. I have been writing a lot more in Ruby recently, which has been amazing. I feel like I took a little detour and, you know, I was writing more in Go and different things like that. And now I feel like I'm back to Rails, Ruby land, and most of the work I do is in that. So that's been super exciting. Um, Yeah. And I have a one-year-old son, which has been a new adventure for me as well. And I also, um, I'm on the board for Bridge Foundry, which is um, some people may have heard of Rails Bridge or Go Bridge. And it is a workshop that teaches marginalized genders how to write code. And that is actually the workshop that I did back in, oh man, oh, that's, I can't remember the exact date, but I did, you know, nine, 10 years ago that really launched my, you know, career in deciding to learn how to write code. So really cool to be kind of circling back with that organization and just because it means a lot to me. Um, because otherwise I wouldn't be here. So really passionate about that one. And then also organizing, co-organizing the Ruby Central Scholar and Guides program, which is something that's also really important to me. And I've been doing that for a while. I know, Valentino, you've been a guide before, which is amazing. So yeah, um, thank you for that. Um, And then I also uh, lead my, or GitHub's, Women and Non-Binary Community of Belonging, or also known as Employee Resource Group, and uh, called the Ada Cat. So I really enjoy doing that work, too, at GitHub specifically. So all over That's the place. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you do a lot of things that I, I wasn't, even, wasn't even expecting. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and I also mentor students, too, uh, through a company called Thinkful. I have a couple students that I work with there, um, which is also really great work. So you can see the thread here, but the <laughs> theme. No, I think it's awesome. I personally, I uh, have always had sort of like a mentoring bent, right? Like, you know, oh, just cool. some people uh, like to do that kind of stuff. And that's always sort mm-hmm. of been my thing. And um, it's cool to, it, it's very cool to me, to meet other people that like to do that stuff too, and find it important and valuable and spend their time doing that. So uh kudos to you and thanks to you well it seems like all three of us have that in common because yeah Yeah. Yeah. because valentino has volunteered to be a guide too which is you know that That was so much fun too and i mean honestly hats off to you uh i can't imagine having to you know help orchestrate all that (laughs) and coordinate uh We have that it is, down pretty good now in, okay. in routine. So, yeah. That but is it's definitely great. not my forte. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you've never uh, participated in the guide or scholar program, uh, I definitely recommend it. it it's, uh, it's so much fun. And you get to meet, you know, a ton of new people, you know, uh, great, great access for sure. Yeah, we really, this upcoming RubyConf in Houston, um, I know, you know, there's some weirdness with it being in Houston and things like that, but we actually, we didn't have, we had to double up all of our scholars with one guide because we had so few 
guide applicants, which is way different than what we've experienced in the past years. So yeah, definitely wow. if you're interested and you're going or you're going to a conference, a Ruby Central conference in the future, we would just love to have you as a guide. Um, yeah. So it was a little that's sad in- for us this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's in like a month. Right. Yes. So, very short notice for yeah, this one. But, very short notice. Yeah. In the future. Um, cool. Cool. Uh, I, I will be there. This will be my second RubyConf or whatever. I've been to like 10-ish Rails comps, but it's my second RubyConf. I, nice. I'll, I'll, I will happily volunteer to be a guide. Actually, I didn't even, I I have never signed up, but um, I will, we can chat about that offline. But yeah. Um, awesome. Cool. This is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll bump your number up by one. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank uh, okay. you. Over the years, I have totally sent, I, I have totally encouraged lots of people over the years to apply for the scholarship program. So, oh, well, um, great. Thank you. You know, I've totally increased the workload on other people. I should probably give it back, right? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. No, we really appreciate it. And it's, you know, that's fun stuff. You get to sit and like, we reserve always the first few rows. We have the opening reception the day before, which is fun, where we all get together and we have, mm drinks and, you know, food and all hang out. So it's really cool to build that kind of extra community there and just feel like you're making a difference. And um, yeah, so we definitely really appreciate maybe, anyone who volunteers to do that. Maybe that's what we should do is have like advertise the tiny perks, right? And just be like, hey, <laughs> you get these tiny perks, just come join. Well, we would love to create more perks, but the, you know, we want to yeah, take the sponsorship yeah. money that we get to help scholars be able to uh, afford to travel to the conference because, you know, we don't want, you know, money and finances to be a barrier. So we've, you know, made the conscious decision to not, you know, I wish I could be like, oh, you get all this cool free stuff or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant, I meant, you know, just advertise the, the front row thing and like I know, all the things cool. that like. As I think back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew that. But I don't think about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You get the special, uh, sig- you know, signature on your badge, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah oh. We've done that in past years. Yeah. <laughs> and and so for for people that like maybe are a little bit less inclined to be social, right? Like it's totally a free like excuse for you to get to meet like get the inroads on like meeting some people. Yes, definitely. And a lot of the scholars, you know, they're like, oh, we want to meet, you know, Matt, or we want to meet DHH. So you have to go up to them and be like, hey, this is my scholar. So, but it's also a good oh, that in that way too. Um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely been some requests at past conferences and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, the, oh, yeah, sorry, the, go ahead. I was going to say the guides seem to work together, too. So, like, even if you're, you know, you don't know these other people, <laughs> oftentimes you can find a guide that does, uh, that can help, like, bridge that connection. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's super fun. Uh, I would totally do it again. And I feel like as a guide, and I, Valentino can speak to this more, but you can also expand your network by meeting other guides and, you know, scholars, too. I had scholars that have been part of the program who, you know, working right next to now and different things like that. So uh, yeah. it's really cool. And we have a lot of the scholars come back as guides, which is amazing. And, you know, we have scholars who work at big time tech companies now and things like that. So it's just really cool to kind of see um, it come full circle and, you know, that it does open a lot of doors for people. It's really, that's, you know, pretty rewarding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. To maybe, uh, I, I so while we were talking, I was like, you know what? I should go see if the guide thing is still up there. It is totally up there still on the RubyConf website. So anyone that's listening, uh, I just clicked on scholarships and there's a blue apply today button for guides. So, and there's a thing to apply. Yeah. And we also have this new thing that they're doing on the website where it shows all the scholars and guides, which is cool too. So if you scroll down to the bottom of that page. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for that. Um, Thank you for helping me get more guides in the program. <laughs> and yeah, we don't want to double up on scholars. So if you're on the edge, yeah. please consider doing so. You know, it's such a big part of me. We want to make sure that we, you know, the Ruby community is what, you know, one thing I really like about it is it is really welcoming to beginners and, you know, 
you know, we want it to be in not a super intimidating place that I know kind of other um, communities can be in the tech world. So, you know, let's keep giving back to this so that we can ensure that we keep that going. Yeah, I think that mentoring, I mean, shoot, I, not to not to spend too long in the soapbox, but like I think mentoring is rewarding for the mentors too, right? So if you're on mm-hmm. the edge or whatever, like, I mean, I have pretty good relationships with the people that I've mentored over the years. And it's been rewarding to me because, you know, um, you know, now they're peers, right? So yeah. like, for example, like I still talk to Andrew Mason, like on a weekly basis. And like, I, like when he first started, you know, came out of college and like, I like was the mentor right at his job. And like, we just chat on a weekly basis and it's a great peer to peer relationship now. Right. So like that stuff can reward you as well. Totally. I definitely hope we'll be hitting up my past mentees for jobs. I'm sure at some point. <laughs> at some point. After we're all laid off because of... I'm just kidding. Um, AI. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to be the last ones laid off for AI, but but maybe not. Maybe not. Sweet. Kinsey, I... Not to immediately change subjects, but I... You're... Uh, I mean, you're... Uh, Deployments at GitHub, that that strikes a huge curiosity, uh, you know, <laughs> vent in my soul. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. I think, I think the last time I uh, I knew anything about GitHub's deployment process, I saw a uh, Ruby Kaigi talk from Rob Sanheim. I don't even know if he works there anymore. Uh, oh, no, the name like is the, not here. I'm going to have to watch this. This is a, it's a 2000, older... Yeah, 2014. Uh, okay. He, he had like a... a CD continuous delivery talk on how GitHub uses chat chat ops basically to deploy, and I mean uh, I've I've used chat ops for quite a long time to deploy as well, uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, but I I'm curious, how does it work now? <laughs> yeah, so I it is still all chat ops based. It's crazy. So I type in Slack, you know, dot deploy my pull request in the environment I want to deploy to, um, and that was so new to me. I was like, wait. I typed this in. I <laughs> I remember it was like my first day and I was scared to ask someone. I couldn't figure out how to, it was so, I was so <laughs> shocked. I don't know why. Um, but I worked at DigitalOcean previously and um, we definitely didn't deploy using a Slack command. So <laughs> for me, um, yeah, it was a really big uh, learning curve. I, I mean, once you get the hang of it, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, so we definitely still do everything a lot of things using chat ops. And that is one of the things that my team is responsible for. So um, that's in a Rails app. We have a big Rails monolith that we call Heaven that kind of houses all of that and the chat ops and the different things that you're doing there. So we're pretty frequently in that. Um, But it's also funny just to refer to it as Heaven because I'll be talking with colleagues or um, I was talking with, you know, Justin Searles who knows that code base too. And, uh, his wife was around and we kept talking, referring to heaven, like, oh, we should pair in heaven sometimes. And it was, she was like, what? So, yeah. Oh, that's so. really funny. It's in the clouds, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so still very much like Slack, chat ops space, which is great. And a lot of things that we do. So, yeah. And I haven't seen that at too many other companies, but it sounds like at your company, that's the way it is too. Yeah, we, we actually use heaven as well. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it was a, a fork of what, what GitHub used to have or what, but uh, our, oh wow, yeah, really I had funny. no idea. <laughs> so you get the weirdness when you're like, oh heaven. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we we use uh, Hubot, which is also uh, similar That's from funny. something from GitHub. Yes, we use Hubot. Yep. Yeah. So I think there that was, was one a, of the early ones. Yeah. We we've now moved to a a new Ruby based version of. Cubot. I, I don't know if we have a standard for that or not, but <laughs> that's super cool. So I'm curious, uh, you say you're coming from something other than Ruby and now you're back in Ruby. Uh, yeah. What, what is, what is that story like? Like what, what were you coming from and kind of how have you been readjusting back to Ruby? Yeah. So I did at DigitalOcean, I was I did a little bit of Ruby, but I was doing a lot of work in Go, Golang, which I hadn't seen or, you know, worked in really. And um, that was awesome. It's very different from Ruby. And um, 
I remember like Googling, like what's a signed integer versus an unsigned integer? And how do I know which one I want to use? I'm like, wow, maybe a computer science degree would help me right now. But, (laughs) you know, you have Google. So, um, yeah, um, we do have a couple of services that our team owns to like a motor deploy operator and things like that that are in Go. uh, But I haven't worked on that specifically on my team. I've mostly been in heaven in the in the Rails monolith. So back in Rails land and it's been really nice. And I, you know, I like Go. The one thing that I was really hard for me to get used to coming from something like Ruby or readability things. And in Go, it's very common that when you have a variable, you name it just like the first letter of that, like E for error or you, or I guess ERR for error. But um, a lot of, you know, the way of doing things in Go is very much shorthand and not very clear variable names, in my opinion. And I'm used to Ruby where I would have like really long variable names that say exactly what the method is doing or, you know, so I think that was a learning curve for me as well. And just, I don't know if I felt like I was, it wasn't, I didn't feel pretty ready. I don't know. Sometimes when I write Ruby, I'm just like, wow, that feels so nice and like pretty. And I don't think I ever felt like that in Go, but I know it's really powerful and I really do like using it. But I don't know if you have, if either of you have worked in Go or what you, how you feel about it versus Ruby or, and it's, you know, depends small, on what job you need it for. <laughs> small pieces. <laughs> we have uh, pieces at Doximity that are built in Go, our authentication system. And I, I had to do like a, a split test on a sign-in page that moved to that. And I, it was interesting. <laughs> I, <laughs> There were some things I really like about Go, uh, namely the auto formatting of code that just like yeah. kind of magically happens. Uh, but I mean, I feel like I also r- maybe similarly to Ruby, the like environment setup is kind of wonky <laughs> where it, it has to be in a very specific directory. Not that Ruby has to be in a specific directory, but like the setup to get like Ruby on a system like working right if you have like multiple versions and stuff like similar to go it was like kind of hard to do <laughs> it's yeah. not like super straightforward you know we have a bunch of tools now that help make it a little easier like ch ruby or something like that but like yeah i feel like even still uh the similar similar pain points that i could share amongst go and ruby <laughs> No, no wonder you no wonder you think it's so hard since you're using ch ruby <laughs> hey i use ch ruby Sorry. too so <laughs> i'm just i i'm like i i didn't know this and i'm like wow i actually now know two people that use it besides the one person that wrote the article like i don't know like 12 or something years ago back when like i think rvm like was kind of like making like headway or whatever like you know then we use ch ruby on like our servers and i was like oh here's this other thing and then rbm came out and i like never looked back but (laughs) but yeah i i didn't know i have never met anyone that actually used it so but i don't go around asking people either (laughs) yeah i use it now uh penelope fitbin i don't know if any of you know her but uh she was my manager and you know has been my mentor throughout my career and we were at digital ocean together and uh, she you know told me and showed me the way of CH Ruby. And I thought it was Chub Ruby. So I, I'm glad to know now that I've been CH Ruby. Um, but yeah, ever since working with her, I've used it ever since. So <laughs> I used to call uh, RBM, RBM. So it's all good. You, you don't know <laughs> until you know. Yeah. And I'm like, is it care or char? I've heard multiple people I mean, call it different things too. So <laughs> yeah, that, that one I feel like is a lot more split, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you want to sound like you know what you're talking about. So that's. <laughs> hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood. I've been talking to a whole bunch of people that want to update their resume and find a better job. And I figure, well, why not just share my resume? So you, if you go to topendevs.com slash resume, enter your name and email address, then you'll get a copy of the resume that I use that I've used through freelancing through most of my career as I've kind of refined it and tweaked it to get me the jobs that I want. Uh, Like I said, topendevs.com slash resume will get you that. And uh, you can just kind of use the formatting. It comes in Word and Pages formats, and you can just fill it in from there. Yeah, I I definitely, um, I have 
read things many times in my life before ever hearing them verbally. And so yeah. then I will get, you know, this idea of what I think it is. And I have totally, on so many occasions, been the butt of the joke when somebody's like, why did you pronounce it like that or whatever, right? Um, and so, like, I try not to be very judgy about that. But it, I do find it a good, great, interesting point of humor as well, right? Just how that works. Because if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And circling back, you know, to the mentorship thing, I do think that's a big thing that I can, that I help my mentees or my students out with, or what you can as a guide too. It's like, oh, you know, most people pronounce it different ways or whatever, but yeah, most people pronounce it like this. I think really, um, that's a, I feel like I do that a lot with my, my students and mentees too, which can be, I think a good thing. So (laughs) especially when you're going into interviews, like if you, I think it's important and you don't want people to be like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. But agreed, like a lot of yeah. it is written. So, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 good. I typically good. have the reverse effect where I'll go in, like having said it in my head for so long that I'll just like continuously say it like how, <laughs> differently from how everybody else says it. And then like after the fact, I'll find out like, oh, like most people pronounce it this other way. But like it just never changes because like it continues to be written like in my you know, day to day after that. So it's not like, you know, I don't have enough like face to face, maybe interactions with people talking about the specific, like weird naming of tooling. Right. Like, uh, so it's, it's kind of funny, like (laughs) to listen to talks from conferences. Right. And like have people slip like, you know, how they pronounce this tooling. And it's like, wait, did they say it the right way? Like, (laughs) That's how I felt with you know? the Ruby. I keep wanting to call it Ruby, so yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest, continue saying it to Ruby. Like, <laughs> I, I, there, I may change as well. You know, <laughs> there does need to be a small subset of the population that calls it that. Otherwise, we will forget that. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I also feel like though it's important. Well, I think you know, junior. It depends on where you are in your career. If you're like a, a senior developer, like no one's going to question you, even if you say it wrong. But if you're a junior, you know, it's like totally different. They're like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. So I feel like it's important to, um, depending on where you are in your career. Unfortunately, because it shouldn't matter. But <laughs> no, that is true. I also agree that it shouldn't matter. But but we we live in a world where it does. And I mean, I mean, I would love to say that, you know, if somebody's judging you in an interview because you pronounced it wrong, you didn't want to work there anyway. And I do. Yeah, pretty that's much. true. Like I take that stance. But but at the same time, like, uh, I mean, I've also been at a place where I was like, hmm, I need this job because I need to feed my family. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I don't want to be judged for things. Right. Like I just. I need to land the job so I can feed my family and I'll worry about whether it's a good one or not later. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, you know, same page or totally on the same page with you on that. And it's just hard, especially in this economic time with, you know, companies doing all these layoffs and all of that. And I have a really, I have a huge issue with companies that do uh, computer science interviews and, you would be surprised how many companies still really focus on that and rely on that very heavily. And it just, uh, it drives me nuts. And then they try to tell me that they're trying to like, you know, like widen their pipeline and make their workforce more diverse. And I'm like, do you want to look at the statistics of people graduating from a computer science program versus like boot camp and, um, people who don't, don't have a traditional background, but, um, yeah, so that's definitely something that I <laughs> it's so hard, especially given the economic times we're in right now. It's it's messy, in my opinion. And I think there's a lot of I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that I like get mad about is when somebody says, Well, we're looking for this kind of people, and then I'm like, But you're what you're doing in your interviews is literally filtering them out. Like Yeah. So uh if they're like, oh, we're looking for this kind of people and what they're doing in their interviews kind of sort of lines up with that, then like, okay, well, that's what they're looking for. And you can judge them on who they're looking for then, I guess, or whatever. There, but, that's true. Um, uh, yeah. Sweet. It's kind of funny to me in software that there is any of that like requirement of like the academ- academia track, right? Like, it seems like more of a, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Gig job, not gig job, but like a technical job, right? Uh, 
like a mechanic or something like that, where, you know, you have an apprenticeship program potentially, mm. uh, versus like, so I feel like to me, like something that requires like a huge institutional, like push and, and like, you know, a degree, for example, are, should be more like, uh, you know, jobs where you kind of need, <laughs> I don't know if you want to call it like research related, uh, work, right? Like, most people don't like graduate with a degree and then be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to apply like all these detailed things from my degree to what I'm working on in software. Or they're like, oh, like, well, I, you know, read a ton, like a psychology, I've worked with a ton of psychology majors in software. I don't know if it's just me or it happens to be a like thing, right? But like, I can't imagine like uh, in software, you're using a lot of like crazy psychological concepts all the time, right? Like, uh, how much does that play into like your application of the job, you know, versus like a boot camp where you're like specifically training and like honing in all the specific skills that you're uh, trying to learn or uh, I don't know, any number of other alternatives. <laughs> I feel like it's yeah, just, it's totally. almost like it's wasted education is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah lot, you have, to have, you have to have the means to be able to pay out colleges. So, you know, to yeah, get that exactly. degree and, and, you know, all of that. And I would just love to see a cultural shift in the industry to move away from that. But, you know, and I, I got my degree in advertising and I'm, you know, working alongside people who all have computer science degrees and things like that, but I don't, you know, that's definitely not anything you would ever notice. Like, you know, we're all equal and <laughs> Don't right. see any differences there, except maybe I didn't, maybe I had to Google what a signed versus unsigned integer was, but <laughs> that's it. So I, uh, I, good. I was going to, I was going to transition. Uh, Cause I mean, speaking of go uh, <laughs> again, like I was curious, uh, you know, what that, you know, between go and Ruby, like Ruby's better, right? <laughs> I would say so. And Ruby's always going to have my heart. And I just, you know, the Ruby community is just amazing. And it is <laughs> just super awesome to be a part of. So I can't imagine uh, not ever being a part of it. <laughs> I know we just had Halloween, but is is that you under there, Luke? I feel like I feel like that's totally a Luke question. He's rubbing off on me. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I, ha I personally haven't done any go outside of like toy apps, right? Like, which don't really count for much other than, hey, I vaguely know how to do the syntax. And uh, because I do a lot of Docker stuff, right? Like, you know, I'm used to at least, you know, interpolating and stuff in Go. But other, outside of that, right? Like, uh, not too much. I've done other things, but, but not Go. I spent the last few months doing Flutter. So, you know. What is Flutter? I've never even heard of Flutter. That's its own thing. So it's... Um, Okay, so the really quick version is it's like it's like you're making apps like for your phone or whatever, right? Uh, but it's kind of like the React Native idea. You write one thing, and you're gonna get an iOS app, Android app, web version or whatever. Oh, um, okay. And the the big distinction about it, um, so people that have used Flex in the past or whatever might recognize like the whole like hey there's a bunch of xml right which is defining everything that's going on and all of my xml objects are given to me by the flutter ecosystem or whatever uh, mm -hmm. and that's how i build everything uh it's kind of like writing html it, it's kind of like writing react except that react like you spend a lot more a lot more time in react sort of uh in the in the javascript class or whatever writing stuff then you do in flutter where in flutter you're just going to nest like ten thousand widgets you know uh so in it's just it's a it's definitely different it has a different flavor to it um there's a lot more in when you're doing react or something like that like so i'm thinking react native here in my brain uh when you're doing that you're going to be uh, writing a lot more custom widgets, whereas in Flutter, you're going to need to go look up all the widgets you're supposed to use, probably. I mean, you're going to write some custom ones, but you're going to spend a lot of time looking stuff up and just using their stuff. Um, it does suck to transport your CSS over to Flutter because you're going to, instead of using CSS, you're going to use like 
special widgets that help you to lay out your stuff. It's, it's definitely different. Um, my particular and this goal your for first, moving. Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. was just going to ask if this was what you're doing for work or what you're doing for, for fun in your free time. <laughs> no, this is this is my client project. Ah, <laughs> this is my cool. big client okay. project on my plate. So yeah, sorry yeah. Sorry to interrupt it. Keep going. Yeah, this is, I've never heard of this. So this no, is no. Interesting. Uh, we actually are moving them there because we've had such a bad time with the React Native <laughs> project that we have, um, mostly during like upgrade times and, you know, just not lack of support for you know things that you would use like you know notifications because everyone has push notifications on their phones right but you know like there's there's definitely like a lot of common use cases that react native over the years has just decided that they don't care about it because i mean all the devs are from sorry i'm I'm beating up on react native over here all the devs are from (laughs) facebook so if facebook doesn't care about it they just kind of like just drop it and don't care um it seems that's my opinion on it uh, not necessarily the Ruby rogues, blah, 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 all the legal stuff. Um, so yeah, I, it's just, uh, and, and that's caught us in our project off guard multiple times. And sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I have to wait two days to get a workaround for something. Right. And then it's like months before we can actually truly fix it. And that's just a very frustrating thing. And so we thought we'd try something else. And, uh, there's a, healthy flutter community here in charlotte that you know one of my mentees like started up and i just kind of like came familiar with it and i was like all right and i did enough into it and thought i would try it so far it's okay so anyway yeah so you do other things and i'm very happy (laughs) to go back that's what i got from pldr widgets (laughs) yes yes it's it's different (laughs) i mean no that's cool i haven't heard of it before I think it's very true of a lot of things in computer science that like you're it's abstract enough that you're sitting here having this conversation with very technical, knowledgeable people. And you're like floundering around for common language that will help you express these concepts to them, because truth be told, they also are, are just barely communicating the concepts that they're trying to communicate to you. And you just aren't really realizing that. Right. And we're yeah. all like playing this game of trying to communicate very difficult things to each other. So. That's why yes. I think we need variable names that are not one letter long. So, <laughs> but yeah. I also like RuboCop standards. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Yeah, that's a thing on our team right now, like how we want to maintain or enforce style, styles and things like that. But GitHub obviously has its own, like our own Ruby architecture group um, that kind of decides that our Ruby style guide. So which I'm sure a lot of companies do. How did you get into the DevOps side of things? Did you start out your career over there? Did you just kind of like land a job in it? Like, Yeah, I would definitely say the latter. So as I mentioned, you know, uh, Penelope, who's been a big mentor for me, um, was working at DigitalOcean. And I was at a kind of small startup or medium size. I don't know. It's hard. I don't know what's a small startup versus a large startup uh, here in Denver and doing, you know, very much full stack, wearing all the hats type work. And um, Penelope was working there and said, hey, you should interview here. And I went for it and I called it my reach school because I was like, oh, there's no way I'm going to get a job here. And um, I feel like I kind of bobbed the interview. It was really intimidating. <laughs> Things like, I mean, they were great. It was a great interview process, but still it's scary. And a lot of the stuff was very heavy backend stuff that I wasn't hundred percent used to. And so from there I got the job, I was super excited and really kind of jumped into very much backend DevOps type work there. And then, you know, same thing with what I'm doing at GitHub and, I love being in that space and I definitely foresee that my career is just going to continue down that road. And, you know, when I first started writing code, if you were to tell me that, I would be like, you're crazy. There's no way I'm going to like that stuff. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like a a Kubernetes or Docker expert. And it's something that I'm, you know, we're lucky at GitHub, we get like a monthly day of learning and, you know, a learning and development budget. And I'm definitely wanting to focus on that and get more in the weeds with all of that because I think it's really important. And that's where I see my career going from uh, or continuing on in, I guess. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be on that path and 
be in more of the DevOps side of things. It's a fun place to be in. The problems are really cool. And I also feel like it's job security, you know, because <laughs> pretty soon, you know, the robots are going to write the code for us. Just kidding. But um, yeah, so I really like the work. And I also see a lot of uh, potential for, you know, breaking the glass ceiling there and things like that. There tends to be a lot more, uh, a lot less diversity in these types of roles and things like that too. So that's also important to me. <laughs> just kind of curious for my own personal reasons. Like how, how long have you been in Get Home? I was just kind of curious, like whether you've been there for forever, like uh, a couple I, years, It will be year, two months next month, two months next month, which is, oh, I'm sorry, two right, years. Well, well, wow. Yeah. I can't, two years. Um, but okay. yeah, so two years. So I've been there a while and okay, I yeah. have, I was, I've been a part of multiple reorgs. So originally uh, I was on doing very different things. I was actually working on like Azure pipelines and different things like that. And um, that was not super exciting to me. So I actually went on parental leave and GitHub's really great. They, I got over six months uh, paid time off, which is amazing and kind of unheard of. And um, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, we can keep, normalizing that. But again, you have to be a big enough company to be able to support having employees that take off for that long. Um, but yeah, yeah, so when I came back from that, I felt like I was starting a new job just because it had been so long, but I was on a totally new team um, on the deploys team and doing, you know, work in heaven and things like that. So um, done a few different things while I've been there in the last two years. So yeah, and took a little break to do the mom thing full time. So yeah. Congratulations. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot, and sounds like at least John has kids. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I do as well. I it's so you, it's tough. It's tough adjusting. Yeah, yeah, it is, and working yes. and doing all that, and you know, mom guilt and, you know, not staying home and being a full-time mom. And, but that's definitely something that wasn't for me. Um, but kudos to those who it is for. So, um, but yeah, I'm lucky I get to make it work. And my mom actually watches my son during the day while I work from home. So another reason that I think, you know, remote is so important is, uh, you know, I get to be home with my son, even though he's, not with me all the time. I still get to see him a lot more and it just makes everything so much easier. So I can't imagine being a working parent and having to commute to the office. So, and not being around him, but. My wife and I were joking the other day that uh, we, we couldn't, we couldn't remember what it was like having both kids in a car seat <laughs> and how great it is not to have that as a thing in your life. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's funny, you know, we talk about like how things are named and how to say specific tooling and stuff and how, how obvious it becomes that that stuff doesn't really matter when you have kids. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds yeah. like both of you have older kids who are uh, ish. I have a, I have a six year old and a, she's working on, she's what? She's like at 20 months. So almost two. Well, do either of you have advice for me on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have tons of advice. Uh, lots of people are going to give you advice and um, <laughs> you just ignore most of it. Like, I, it, well, not ignore it, but like, you know, just take whatever you want from it. Right. Like, I don't know. Everyone is always pouring their advice on us. And we just like had to learn how to give our own, create our own filters. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so great. I think that's in. good advice. Yeah. It's totally. it's easy to retroactively, uh, you know, say what you should and should not have done yeah. <laughs> to, to, you know, these beautiful creatures that, uh, you know, are so very specific <laughs> and individual. So uh, one one answer doesn't fit all, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. If if only <laughs> we have we have so much more in, in like the mental health resources and and things like that. So I feel like, uh, you know, like for example, like my wife has a lot more support than I feel like, you know, people would have had a long time ago, you know, and things yeah. for her dealings with like mom guilt and things like that. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, 
I don't know. We just we just put uh, Melanie, our, our youngest, our daughter, in like preschool for like just a couple of days a week because we were like, huh, that really worked for Cameron. It helped him to socialize and get you know some stuff. And we were like, well, we want this for Melanie too. Uh, and then my wife is like, I'm feeling mom guilt because I'm not taking care of her every day. And like, so, you know, I mean, this, I don't know, it, just do what works for you. And like your kid's alive. Very good. Uh, your kid seems <laughs> to be growing. I think that's, those are the important things. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, so, that's good. That's yeah. good advice. Even though you weren't giving me advice, you technically, both of you were. So it's good though. <laughs> And yeah, that everything works, everything's different for each family. So yeah, I, that that's true. That was that was actually a really big lesson for us, right? Is that like we needed to stop looking at everyone else's kids and being like, oh, something's wrong with my kid, you know. So it's fine. They all just take a different path. Yeah, nope, that's good. Cause yeah, crew isn't quite walking yet. And I'm like, oh, he's like late on walk. It's stressful because a lot, all the other kids his age that I see are walking and it's just so hard not to compare. So yeah, that's a good thing to keep in mind. It's, it's kind of funny. Like as software people, you try and like apply what we know in our industry to like parenting. At least I do. I don't know if, if you do find this as well, but you know, you try and find optimizing little things of your day or, or something like that, or Maybe you notice like, you know, your kid is a little bit late during this time of day. So you try and like, you know, get ahead of them and like planned out the rest of the day for them or some some small things like this, like premature optimization. Uh, I, I started thinking of it. And I'm like, maybe I should just stop that. And I'm like, maybe I should stop <laughs> applying my computer science stuff or, you know, software stuff to my life as a parent. Right. Like maybe it doesn't apply. Right. <laughs> That's it's awesome. hard because then you get too nihilistic, right? And then you're like, maybe we should do nothing. And you're like, oh no, that's not <laughs> obviously not the wrong, an- right answer either. So, so then you're just like, oh, this is, it, it, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's really hard because, uh, in software, we often are like, okay, this is the solution we've got, and we're going with it, right? And you ship it, and you're just, I mean, you're stuck with it until you rewrite it like two years later or something, right? But like <laughs> yeah. with kids, you're like literally rewriting it every week, you know. Uh, cause you know, okay, well, you know, uh, okay. So my kid is having trouble, uh, actually remembering to go to the bathroom. He's six. Most kids his age are, I, but at the same time, we're also like pretty sure he has ADHD. So he's probably going to keep having this problem, but we don't want to like stop, you know, trying to like teach him. But at the same time, we also don't want to like beat him up about it or like, you know, give him like self-confidence issues. So like, just, I don't yeah, know, it's, it's hard. Just, to find you're hard. It's hard. You like, yeah, you do things one week and you're like, yeah, maybe that wasn't so good. And you do it, you know, and you just, you're just trying to figure it out. And, um, to be honest, the only way that I, I don't know, I just sit back and I'm like, all right, well, I'm struggling. So that's probably a sign that we're okay. (laughs) Yeah. And one thing that, you know, learning to code and coding has really taught me was just to be really comfortable with failure. And I feel like that was good preparation for me becoming a parent because you fail a lot. So. (laughs) Yeah. Learning. I, yeah. So I, I totally, yeah, hundred percent. I I call it throwing things out, right? You have to learn how to throw things out and be okay with throwing out the thing that you just wrote, right? Yeah, I, and I trying something new, like trying a new approach, whether it be like approaching a problem or trying something like that, or with your kid. So yeah, sometimes a lot of similarities. Does Ruby Central still offer the daycare during uh, conferences? No, I don't think that many people were utilizing no. it, but um, yeah. I don't think that's a thing. Is that what I know it used to be. I don't know. We should I, it, follow up with them on it. <laughs> it was a well, thing before I, I had kids. So I'm curious if uh, I could same. take advantage now or not. <laughs> well, I saw that they removed it from the RubyConf website. And so when you brought that up, I thought, oh, well, maybe. Or what, what I thought it was, was that you had to sign up early enough so that they could plan for it. But maybe maybe it's canceled. I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to ask because, yeah, I think that's a good question and a good point. And I know people in the past past who they wouldn't be able to attend the conference if they didn't have that. So, but I do know that not very many people utilized it. So, all right, well, let's uh, go ahead and move into picks then. Uh, unless awesome. there's anything else that we want to like, did you have anything you wanted to end with or Valentino? Before we I'm sad. On? We, we missed out on all of your great uh, DIMB work uh, it, with your employee resource group at GitHub. I, I would love to have dived in more there. Uh, we'll have to have you back on to like really dig in because it, 
it sounds like some great work. I mean, I know at Ducks and me were trying to like, you know, like hugely change like, you know, our diversity and inclusion efforts. And I'm curious, like That's what, cool you know, how you guys are uh, trying to adopt that, you know, your strategies as well. Cause it is like just such a hard, you know, problem to solve and to get, you know, everybody on board for. Totally. Well, yes, we'd definitely there be were, up for that. And yeah. There Sorry. were definitely a lot of topics that we just kind of like brushed by on. Oh, no need to apologize. <laughs> um, there were definitely a lot of topics that we, that we need, that we just brushed by and uh, yeah. Love to have you back. Have you ever wished that you had a group of people that were just as passionate about writing code as you are? I know I did. I did that for most of my career. I'd go to the meetups. I'd try and create other opportunities. And it was just really hard, right? The meetups, I got some of that, but they were only like once or twice a month. And it was just really hard to find that group of people that I connected with and, and really wanted to, you know, talk about code a lot, right? I mean, I love writing code. I think it's the best. And so I've decided to create this community and create it a, a worldwide community that we can all jump in and do it. So we're going to have two workshops every week. One of those or two of those every month are going to be Q&A calls, right, where you can get on, you can ask me or me and another expert questions. Uh, the rest of them are going to be focused on different aspects of career or programming or things like that, right? So it'll go anywhere from like deployments and containers all the way up to managing your 401k and negotiating your benefits package. Well, we'll cover all of it, okay? And then we're also going to have meetups every month for your particular technology area. So we have shows about JavaScript, React, Angular, Vue, and so on. We're going to have meetups for all of those things. I'm going to revive the freelancer show. We'll have one about that, right? So you can get started freelancing or continue freelancing if that's where you're at. And I'm working on finding authors who can actually do weekly video tutorials on something for 10 minutes that's related, to, again, to those technology areas so that you can stay current and keep growing. So if you're interested, go to topendevs.com slash sign up and you can get in right now for $39. When we're done, that price is going to go up to $75. And the $39 price gets you access to two calls per week. The, the full price at $150, which is going to be $75 over the next few weeks, that price is going to get you access to all of the calls and all of the tutorials and everything else that we put out from Top End Devs along with member pricing for our remote conferences that are coming up next year. So go check it out, topendevs.com slash sign up. Let's, let's go ahead and uh, kick off into picks. And, um, and I guess since you have a hard stop, um, if, uh, if you're comfortable with it, if you would like to go first or, or first or second or however you would like to handle it. Sure, I can go. Um, so... I have two picks today, obviously just around different things that we've talked about and different things I'm involved in. So I feel like we already did a lot of the plug for the scholarship programs and things like that, but uh, have a URL for you to visit the, for the scholarship programs in general at Ruby Central. So please, please, please volunteer to be a guide. And if you know people who would be a good fit for a scholar, please uh, let them know. We definitely want to keep that program going and growing. And then my second pick is Bridge Foundry, uh, bridgefoundry.org. We are, you know, kind of restarting that, make, wanting to make that a thing. And again, that's how I learned or got into writing code. So it's very important organization to me. And um, I know some people who are listening have probably volunteered at a Rails bridge at some point in their career. So uh, we're going to start getting all those back up and running again. So please uh, be on the lookout for that. And if you are interested in being more, getting more involved, you know, please reach out to me. Um, would love, we would love to have you. So those are my picks. Sweet. Uh, Valentino, you got a couple picks for us? One or however many? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and a dog. Okay. And a dog. Yeah. Sorry. That was my dog, Jupiter. Uh, so I have a couple picks here. Uh, the first pick I have is a couple of my coworkers rebooted a Rails meetup in Mexico City, uh, where they're at. And it's kind of exciting. They wrote uh, this great article on kind of what their experience was uh, getting that started uh, and, you know, kind of how that went. And uh, if you're interested in starting up your own, I definitely recommend checking it out and, you know, starting your own group up because, you know, we're all back together again. <laughs> uh, and the, the next one I have, 
it's a uh, this really odd uh, device that some research group has made, uh, where it's a smartwatch that's organic. It re- it relies on a uh, a special uh, kind of slime mold to uh, produce the electricity, and you have to feed it. And the uh, research group actually had participants in a study to try it out and give their feedback and just the feedback is kind of just like so wild <laughs> to to read how they got grew a connection for the living organism that was supplying the electricity for their watch uh it's really interesting so i, I recommend checking that out if you want uh, a kind of bizarre laugh dude I, i'm when's where's the kickstarter like it's like yeah oh all right uh, is that is that it for us then? From you, Valentino? Cool. All right. Um, so I have a couple picks. So my first one uh, is actually sort of a, a more generic one. So I have been working from home for quite a while, like, you know, before COVID and things like this. And um, before COVID, you know, I would go to lots of meetups and, you know, like, uh, you know, give myself time to interact with people like through various ways like that. But um, unfortunately, uh, you know, COVID kind of like took that away. And uh, I've been talking to my partner about uh, actually going to rent out some office space so that I can go there like a few times a week. So I'm going to be hybrid, hybrid in one of those rented office spaces. So rented office spaces, I think is the, is the new thing. So just putting that out there for, all of you that uh, don't want to be remote anymore, which I know is a very small portion of us. Um, and then my uh, second thing, um, I'm actually going to go ahead and, uh, I mean, actually recommend Flutter. I've been having a pretty good time with it. Uh, it's definitely a learning curve, and I definitely was beating my head against the wall and it's kind of mad multiple times, many times, actually, uh, while I was uh, getting this project off the ground. But at the end of the day, like so far, I I mean, uh, Flutter feels different than Rails did, like, at, you know, at the Rails 1 kind of era, right, when it was growing super fast. But there are some things in it that I feel like are the good parts of that era, right? Like the, the excitement and people like continually contributing and like trying to handle backwards compatibility problems and things like that. Like I see a lot of the good signs of like a thing that's growing in a healthy manner. So I feel pretty good about it so far. And I've upgraded my app like four or five times now without too much issue. And so that's felt pretty good. So I feel pretty good about it so far. We'll see how I feel in a couple of years, but um, so far so good. So those are the picks I got. Um, So yeah, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Thanks for coming, Kinsey. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it and enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, this was great. We'll, we'll definitely have to have you on again. Yeah, we can dive in yes. on some of those meteor topics. So <laughs> thanks so much. And um, I will talk to you both soon. Absolutely. Take, Take care. care. Have fun at your meeting. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot com to learn more.